Wizard of Whiskey presents Swig and Ramble, a podcast for the modern age. Come for the whiskey, stay for the shit show. Featuring Justin Curry at Wizard of Whiskey, Mark Pruitt at Resonant Prose, and Julia Men at The Wee Tipple. And now, pour yourself a drink and enjoy the show. I know you will. Hey, welcome to Swig and Ramble. It's Mark Pruitt at Resonant Prose. I am joined by Julia Men at The Wee Tipple. She is all red wine and roses. I am also joined by Justin Curry. He is at Wizard of Whiskey or at Abevfluence, depending on which day. We don't know what personality he's bringing to the table. He's Carnations and Stale Whiskey. And I'm Resonant Prose, as I said. I'm Maserati and Pappy Gunwinkle. So there you go. Um, we are proud to welcome you to episode number seven. I can't believe we've done seven episodes uh, of basically crap, but thank you for listening and thank you for sticking with us. Um, this episode is entitled Jolt, and it will become readily apparent to you why we did that. It is not a reference or a throwback to 90s cola, thank God. So with that, we will be welcoming our first guest. Can you believe it? Hopefully that doesn't wreck our reputation in the industry or his. So uh, he may ask us to take this down sooner than later. I don't know, but we'll see what happens. We're pretty excited about it. So let's jump into the news. Julia, what do you got? Well, fancy finishes are all the rage these days in the whiskey world. And Bushmills has just released the first in an exciting new series of cask finished products. Known as the world's oldest licensed whiskey distillery, Bushmills has recently launched their first ever Caribbean rum cask finished whiskey, featuring their award-winning single malt finished in hand-selected fine oak Caribbean rum casks, which previously housed, obviously rum, for seven years. It's then blended with the brand's signature triple distilled Irish grain whiskey to create tropical fruit and dry spice flavors. Drinkers can expect pineapple sweetness, caramelized brown sugar notes, and toffee tones, and a long, smooth finish to this rich gold spirit. Sounds delicious. Can we get the traffic on the 10, too? Yeah. Um. <laughs> In other news, Mark, I think you have some information uh, about some beer. You're not getting off the hook that fast. Let's. I think there were some comments about this. No, oh, I mean, yeah. Let, Justin, yeah. now that you got please, a mouthful of beer, talk about please, this. Please, please. Oh, I can. I, I finished it real quick. Um, a note to distillers: please stop, but also don't. Um, when with these finishes, I, I do tend to enjoy a good finish. Um, by the way, if you want to send us uh, any Madeira finished spirit, please send that to Swig and Ramble Way, Pacifica, California. You're just glossing over that. Oh my God, you had so many good things in there. Okay. I'm just, <laughs> okay. Just enjoying it in my own mind right now. <laughs> I'm kind of on the same boat. Like, Ooh. you know, we, we had a, I was on a tasting the other day and they were talking about a tequila finish and I swear to God, the last time I drank tequila, I saw the devil and I swore I'd never do it again. So I'm kind of trepidatious that I don't, you know, I don't know. I don't enjoy the taste of tequila and I'm just kind of curious as to what it's going to taste like when you mash it up with whiskey. I've had polarizing experiences with cask finishes. So I've had a phenomenal sauterne finished whiskey. It was a scotch and it was mind-blowingly fantastic. More. And then I had the most atrocious drink I have ever had that was red wine finished, maybe from California, maybe, 
maybe undisclosed, but oh my God, nothing could save that whiskey. It was disgusting AF and like, I couldn't make it into a cocktail. It's the only thing I, the only whiskey. Hold on, hold on, hold on. Episode seven and now you're all AF and (laughs) the first six episodes, you're like, fuck, 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 fuck. Like it's on fire. Well, you know, different days, different moods. Fuck off, Mark. Okay, thank you. I feel better. I have actually had uh, a Sasakaya finished uh, Ben uh, Romic. And I do believe Brooklady makes a Sauterne uh, finished. Please don't make me say it. I won't. Mark. Um, they make a Sauterne finished uh, Scott. So, um, Mike, what do you got in this craft beer thing so we can get to our guests? Okay. Yes. Uh, I, I found this really interesting article and it starts off and it starts talking about how craft beer production was down 9%, but it's urging for, uh, emerging from 2020 stronger than ever. Uh, I think the corollary here is, is that 90% of craft beer comes from mega producers. So the fact that production could be down we've all been cooped up in the house we've all been drinking like crazy this is very counterintuitive i'm I'm not catching on to what's happening here so what are your thoughts did people just go straight for the hard stuff and everybody else is up or is something else going on in the craft beer industry here well i'm wondering immediately if it was a downturn in production Hmm. because of circumstances so you know smaller a lot of craft breweries are smaller operations so maybe that played into it i'm going to turn this over to our coffee correspondent baron of brewskis uh ramon gonzalez what do you what do you think our our guest thank you so much for coming on i appreciate it we'd love to get your thoughts on this before we jump into our main topic for today yeah certainly thanks everybody for that wonderful intro and and, you know uh first time guest and uh, i'm already loving the vibe here you guys are you guys are great um, I think I want to piggyback on Julia's point. I think that the circumstances, uh, you know, due to COVID and especially the first few months of COVID and, you know, no one working and no one really even going outside for that matter, probably attributed to smaller micro breweries or even like local businesses, probably halting production in a lot of ways. Um, for example, I just got a, an email, a goodbye email from a, a local vendor last week who said that their business hadn't survived COVID and even uh, the following months. So I think that might, you know, play a, uh, play a role into why folks are probably weren't drinking as much craft beer. And uh, from my experience with just, you know, selling beer for the last few months is people seem to really be buying like domestic and foreign, like uh, 12 packs of, you know, your usual suspects, Modelo, Coors. Uh, I've never seen so many people buy Miller in the last three months than I have in probably a decade. So you know, maybe folks maybe are maybe pension pennies or maybe just want something easy to drink and be able to drink a few of them as opposed to, you know, a four pack that's 20 bucks. So. Thank you for mentioning Coors because that's that's my go-to original Coors. I love that beer and I get a lot of hate for that. Yeah, I'm not so much of a fan of Coors, but uh, an MGD oh, is on. not bad. An ice cold, you know, banquet. Um, <laughs> I can turn that down. An ice cold banquet. How far we have fallen so quickly in this episode. <laughs> you know what? <laughs> Write this down because we got to talk about this in a later episode. We got to talk about just beer, beer preferences. I, I love whiskey. I think that this is a great, a great future topic for us. 100%. All right, let's move on. Um, well, 
who's got a sour is my match this week? I know I have one. I, I'm looking forward to to our guest, our first ever guest, having a sour is my mash. Mark, what sour is your match this week, man? I got a good one. It's going to the mall. <laughs> and to everyone from the generation that created going to the mall, you know, malls being built in my generation. And I cringe at saying this, that it was cool to go to the mall at one point in time but no, it was not I, it was absolutely cool at one point in time. come on I, uh, I will i will destroy some sbarro though for sure uh justin you were obviously never a teenage girl i you're right i was not if you were then you'd know how cool going to the mall was obviously mark was mark i loved going to the mall i loved going to the record stores i yes i ate my fair share of Zabaro, look at me. I And later on, I ate my fair share of Mongolian barbecue in the mall, but after going to the mall yesterday, fuck going to the mall. I don't ever want to go to the mall ever again. <laughs> yeah, here, here. Well, I have something. And like, Okay, I love to cook. I cook all the time. And it's just so disappointing when you go through all of the effort, the time, the money, the resources, you're going out on a limb to try a new recipe, and then it's just disappointing. Ah, crushing, crushing defeat and malaise of like, ugh, why do I bother? That was, that was me, guys, just, just saying. I reject you totally. Operator error or too high expectations. Yeah, no, I mean, it's like, I was... This, this, this falls into my book about these fucking food shows, and I know I'm throwing out a second <laughs> Sours My Mash here. This is coming on right away. You only get one per episode, Mark. These food competition shows are crap because everything Whoa. that's produced on those shows looks delicious, and I would eat it all. Look at me. I don't care, Right. But the fact that somebody, well, you know, this was just a little overdone. So we're going to have to kick you off of the show. Yeah. Bullshit. I feel like we could talk about that much longer, but I am interested to hear what Ramon has to complain about this week. <laughs> okay. So uh, the thing that, well, the, one of many, but just the thing that comes off the top of my head that sours my mash is uh, mosquitoes. Or any type of flying insect that decides to crawl out of or hatch out of whatever egg they've just hatched from. It has been 65, 70 degrees here in the Bay Area for the last 30 days or so, which has been great. But it probably is offset by the fact that there's flying creatures in the corners of my apartment or on my way to the car when I'm running an errand. And I know they're vital to the ecosystem, you know, circle of life. They have their place. But I just, there's nothing more terrifying then walk it into a room and something whizzes by you. And then when you look, it's completely gone. It's unsettling. Well, and what's worse is that they bite you and they give you terrible diseases. I had dengue fever. It was the worst thing I have ever suffered through. Oh, wow. Like that little fucker. Yeah. I, Never yeah. to be seen again, too. Yeah. yeah. Nope. Uh, I like, I like it. Like I like it, Ramon. Welcome to the show. You fit in very well. Justin, you're out. <laughs> Ramon, you're in. That's fantastic. Sweet, guys. Peace. Um, I, I was going to talk about uh, cancel culture. Um, I, specifically how, how, it, uh, how it seems to be more prevalent in, in one political party than the other. Um, but, I, but I won't. Actually, I'm going to jump on the, on the bug ban here, the, bun, the bug bandwagon. I grew up in the South, guys. 
cockroaches flew. Oh. <laughs> like <laughs> these fuckers flew. Like they weren't just your normal big ass ugly looking roach. They flew at your face. Um, I'm. You know what? I'm in. I'm. That's that was my match too. Fuck it. I'm bugs. Yeah, it's the season. Not cool. Tis, it is the season. It's been yeah. like to, to his to Ramon's point. It's been 80 degrees. <laughs> like it's been beautiful, and so I, I live on just on the other side of the bridge. So it's like a 20 to 30 degree drop every day. So when I leave for work, the temperature goes up by about 30 degrees. And when I come home, and so it's like I, I get a cold like 17 times a week because it's just like my body's like, what the hell is going on with all the the weather? Um, but yeah, we get wicked bugs here too, and it's just like ridiculous. But nothing like the South. The mosquitoes were the size of softballs, um, <clears throat> and yeah. So I'm just um, glad spiders can't fly. Oh my Bad goodness! Enough they can jump, but don't let them hear you, please. Yeah, please come on. <laughs> I believe in Australia, spiders can fly. I, I wouldn't oh be surprised. Goodness. Maybe that's one reason I have just unintentionally avoided Australia. That's fair. I know we have Australian fans. I'm sorry. I'm apologizing up front. I bet they could give us the inside scoop on uh, everything deadly down there. They would probably tell us that flying spiders are tasty. Oh, gross. <laughs> I've tried most yeah. things once, but I would not. I would never eat spiders. <laughs> Spider and Vegemite sandwich. That'll be Joya's next yeah. recipe that she'll be very disappointed in. <laughs> yes. You know, I actually I have an interesting, uh, maybe I can get you guys' perspective on something. And I don't mean to knock seafood by any means. It's not necessarily my flavor, my cup of tea, but I did see uh, something funny on the internet the other day that it's, you know, sort of a meme. You know, the first picture, somebody's pretty grossed out and it's like, you know, uh, spiders on the ground, you know, tarantulas and whatnot. And then the opposite side was uh, somebody approving to the picture and it was the spiders in the ocean. It's crabs and lobsters. And, <laughs> and see, I mean, they're essentially like the same creature. Yeah. Uh, I don't know if you guys ever considered that or what are your thoughts on that? Oh, I've, I've definitely thought about that. I mean, it, yeah, it's a lot of legs. I don't, does anything in the ocean have specifically eight legs? It's something about the eight. That really yeah. freaks me out. But yeah, nah, not about that life either. Um, yeah, it, everything is, I, I've, you know, I'm a, I'm a foodie too. I've, I've cooked um, for, for a lot of years and um, I've come across some very ugly food before it goes on a plate and we pretty it up. Um, yeah, to, to your point, yeah, it, we are eating, you know, when we eat crab or when we eat crayfish, I, I will... I will get down on some crayfish etouffee um, or even as a beignet. Like I, I love those too, but yeah, they're, they're bugs. <laughs> they're bugs. I'm sorry. They are. And you have a valid point there and I'm going to eat them anyway. Okay. I respect it. Yeah. So, well, let's, let's jump in here. I mean, we're already, we're already in full swing. I'm loving this. Ramon is a fantastic guest so far. We're definitely going to have him back. Um, our main topic tonight was planned on, <clears throat> planned on talking about, beers, specifically coffee beers. The intersection of uh, Ramon's two main expertise, coffee and beer. Uh, so we grabbed a few, we're gonna talk a little bit about them. Uh, Ramon, do us a favor, walk us through as quickly as you can the, the process of how coffee is made. I know there's a lot of bad information out there, so we'd love just to hear it from, from an expert. Sure, uh, well, it's a, it's a pretty, pretty broad uh, answer, but I'll try to shorten it up a little bit. Um, First of all, let's start that where coffee grows. Coffee grows um, around the equator 
you know, Indonesia, Central America, Africa, um, the Middle East. So um, it's kind of an interesting story is uh, people speculate where coffee, like the first cup of coffee, kind of its origin. And it's, it's thought that there was a goat herder in I believe Yemen or Ethiopia who was uh, taking his goats out for a stroll and uh, you know, notice they become very energized later in the day, had trouble falling asleep, probably playing a lot. And he started to observe them and notice that they were um, ingesting these cherries or berry-like uh, fruits from a tree. So he decided to uh, try some for himself. And obviously the outside of the cherry was probably kind of tart, didn't taste very good, but inside was a seed. And voila, that was uh, coffee beans. I mean, technically they are seeds, but we call them beans. They resemble beans and even kind of brown like beans. Um, so, you know, through trial and error, they just started uh, playing with those seeds and maybe uh, grinding them into drinks or maybe consuming them as is. And then as time goes on, probably, you know, hundreds of years, we decided to start roasting them as a species. And uh, probably the first cups of coffee were very murky, probably pretty harsh, uh, but uh, coffee since been developed, you know, uh, uh, you know, over the centuries and we have what we have today. So we uh, take the uh, coffee seed from the cherry. It's actually red like, you know, your typical cherry. Um, they are then washed in some methods. They're, uh, they are also just extracted from the cherry with it's kind of like um, juicy or pulpy membrane still attached and dried naturally. Um, and all these different variations of um, processing coffee um, alter the taste when roasted. And most coffee that you'll have is, is, is washed. So again, it's, you know, it's pulled from the cherry, washed with water and dried in the sun. So after it's dried in the sun, they are roasted in giant vats or even small vats. You can roast, you know, a pound of coffee at a time. You can roast, you know, 80 pounds of coffee at a time. And, um, you know, different coffee have different uh, characteristics depending on the soil in which it's grown, you know, the country of origin, the way it's roasted and also the way it's brewed. So there's so many components that um, produce a single cup of coffee. So that's kind of the quick rundown. Well, um, as the as the resident Arab on the uh, the episode here, um, the first cups of coffee were were probably awful, um, and the the Arabic slash Turkish version is is equally it's sludge. Um, and my grandparents used to make it, and I'm still awake, frankly, from 25 years ago. Not slept a day since. So, um, uh, sweet. So let's um, let's talk a little bit about um, about how coffee wound up in in beer. And I, I'm doing the research for this episode. I was astonished to see that coffee is now becoming more prevalent in lighter beers. I don't know about a coffee pilsner. We'll see one day, but let, for right now, I believe we're talking specifically about the darker beers, the stouts, the porters, uh, the ale styles that are that are a little more dark and roasty themselves. So let's let's jump in there. What do what do you got? Yeah, I think that coffee and porters and stouts and things of that nature just complement themselves. You know, um, at times they can have similar bodies, similar textures, similar smells, tasty notes. So I think if you have a really special coffee and you want to pair that with a really special uh, stout or, you know, a porter. I think it's kind of a match made in heaven. And I think, I don't think it's any secret why uh, maybe whole folks are gravitating towards that. And maybe that aren't so akin to dark beer, want to try it in maybe pale ales or even light body beers. So I think that coffee is probably working its way in a beer um, more than ever. Yeah. Um, can you tell us the difference between the types of the, the types and styles of brews and how they are 
introduced into the to the brewing when I say brews, I'm sorry, I mean coffee, um, into the brewing process of the beer. So cold brews versus warm and, and all that. Can you can you talk a little bit about that? Sure. I mean, I can tell you what I know. I'm not extremely knowledgeable on the subject, but I know that one of the most popular ways of infusing coffee with beer is um, with cold brew. And uh, cold brew is really special because it is an immersion style of brewing, which means that the coffee is ground very coarsely and then placed in bags or sacks and then immersed in coffee for anywhere from 12 to 24 hours, which becomes very concentrated, um, very acidic, and it really complements a beer that's also kind of in that same vein. So I think whenever you see uh, coffee and beer, a lot of times they're cold brew infused. And uh, as for like smoked porters and things of that nature, I'm not exactly sure if they're like um, uh, just letting coffee cool down and then adding them, you know, post the brewing um, process or if they, you know, kind of mix it in while the beer is fermenting. I'd have to do a little more research on that, but it's, it is interesting. What about nitro? What exactly does that mean? I mean, I'm not well versed in the beer world, but I know that's a term and it sounds yeah. cool. Yeah, for sure. And uh, uh, nitro is used in a lot of cold brews um, because it is nitrogen gas inserted into the coffee, which creates a lot of micro bubbles and it becomes uh, very creamy in texture. And it has that cascading effect if you were to pour it in a glass or a clear container. So, you know, what you already have here is a cold brew, which is very full body, very rounded, very delicious. Most of the time, brewed with, um, you know, Brazilian beans or uh, South American beans, they tend to be chocolatey and nutty. And when you add that uh, nitrogen gas into it, it becomes even more velvety, even more chocolatey, almost pastry-like. Oh, okay. Okay. You're turning me on to this idea of of coffee beers, which is interesting. So why don't we uh, actually take a moment to talk about what's in our glass. Ramon, what are you drinking? So we are starting with Guinness. This is a nitro cold brew coffee. And it says it's uh, beer with coffee and natural coffee flavors. So let's go take a sip. See, I actually enjoy this one. I, I didn't think I'd be a fan of the Guinness. It seems like something that's, you know, kind of mass produced. And I'm, I'm not, um, there's not going to be any Guinness lender for me. I definitely appreciate a Guinness. Um, ice cold, you know, you name it. But when they add, you know, a lot of coffee in these guys, especially around like St. Patrick's Day, I'm always a little worried that it's kind of mass produced and it may not be quality. But I, I think that's not the case with this. I actually really enjoy it. I, I've got the same thing in my glass. And, and I am, you said it earlier, I am absolutely getting the chocolatey, the roasted, note in this Guinness. Um, I love Guinness. I, I love most beer. I don't like IPAs. Fuck IPAs. But um, uh, I, I, I do love Guinness. And th this this combination is just absolutely delicious. It's, it's velvety. It's rich. It just has this incredible mouthfeel. And there's, you would, you know, like dark beer, you put dark beer in your mouth and it's like, oh my God, dark beer. But then you put this in your mouth and you're tasting this and it's actually a little bit refined. It's a little bit subtle. There's, there's a lot of different things that are coming to surface here. An interesting question for me. Um, when you look at the different ways that not only coffee can be produced, but how coffee can be infused into beer, uh, I hate to classify it this way, but 
is there a right or a wrong way to do it? You know, if, if you're discerning as a consumer and you're trying to look at, you know, well, this is just beer that's kind of flavored like coffee, but this is beer infused with coffee or it somehow interacts with coffee in a different way. Um, in your experience and in your opinion, can you clarify what maybe to look for or to understand and what that means to the beer experience? Sure. Yeah, I'd love to. That's actually a really great question. Um, I think the way I would um, answer that is to try to envision a coffee that I really enjoy on its own, and then maybe a porter or a stout on its own, and you know, try to reflect back on you know what what are the the qualities that I like from each beverage. You know, is it the smell? Is it the mouthfeel? Is it the finish? And 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 really kind of be intentional with the choices that I make with that. And so when you have a really good cup of coffee and you have a really good porter or stout, you really want to maintain the integrity of those two beverages. So I think we can all probably have had a cocktail or a beer that probably was a little experimental, something fancy on a menu or seemed exciting, but it, they probably just didn't get it done right. It, you, you know, you can taste the alcohol as opposed to, you know, the liqueurs or, you know, some of the garnish or the finish, but it's not necessarily blended well. So I think that, excuse me. I think that when we look at coffee infused beer, we really want to uh, make sure that we're also tasting beer with coffee as opposed to just kind of like two separate drinks within the same can or cup. I see. I see. Yeah, no, I get that. You, you, you kind of want to have the, as bold as this is, you want to have a little bit of the subtlety there. Very cool. Well, unlike the lads, I am not drinking a coffee beer because I honestly hate coffee and I don't drink beer. And that's all the time we have for Julia. Thank you, Julia. (laughs) Signing you off. Swiggin Ramble is looking for a female voice replacement. Uh, But I do, however, have something interesting because it's not along the same lines, but I'm drinking Don Gennaro 2017 Malbec. And I get, even though I don't like coffee, I get coffee notes on the nose and on the palate of this. And you guys were also talking about chocolate notes and I get really beautiful chocolate notes in this wine as well, which I freak, this is a really delicious wine at like $15 or, you know, something very reasonable, but it has good complexity. And I actually really enjoy the coffee and chocolate notes when it's in a wine. Now I get asked so often, how, how do wines taste like this? You know, if it tastes like strawberries, are they putting strawberries in the wine? If it, if I'm getting coffee notes in the wine, do, how they, do they get the coffee in the wine? In the wine? Yeah. Uh, no, no, they don't. But as uh, Ramon mentioned earlier about, and I tagged at uh, this thought as he was saying it to bring back around, he was talking about the land and where it's grown and talking about terroir and the essence that the land and the sunshine and the climate and all of these aspects have on the final product. That's exactly what it is with wine. You should go back to the some of the previous episodes where we talked really in depth about all of that. But no, they're not putting coffee into the wine like they do with beer. It's just because of the great variety itself, where it's grown, la-di-da. So cheers, lads. It's a pleasure. Cheers. Um, I also have the Guinness Nitro Coffee Brew, um, a cold brew um, stout. I, I have to be honest, for the first 11 minutes, I did not like it. Um, it actually grew on me, and the 
term that I would probably attribute to this beer would be affogato, that coffee ice cream dish you get in Italy. Um, creamy yet coffee. And I, I, I was actually pleasantly surprised at the end of, of, of this, um, at the end of this beverage, because it took several sips. I'm not just going to take one sip and, and hate it. Although I did at the first, to be perfectly honest, it, it, it shocks me. It surprised me. It wasn't what I expected. It grew on me considerably. <clears throat> and it we, weren't, have we weren't supposed to drink the whole thing. Coffee, cream. Uh-oh, can. Sorry. It's going to be a fun episode. Um, we still have other beers to get through. Um, so I, I got the, the Guinness, the nitro, um, but I also have a original pattern brewing bean me up. This is a smoked coffee porter. It is, first of all, I love smoke. Anyone who knows my whiskey preferences knows that I like that. Um, and my personal preferences in beverages, which I think we're going to talk about in a later episode, um, potentially, is what, what I like. I like malt. I like roast. I like dark. I like smoke. I like peat. I, I, I want things. I, I don't like hops. I, don't get me wrong. I love beer. But these days, everyone's trying to out IBU everybody else. So you go out there and there's 17,000 IBUs in this beer. Well, my beer has 24,000 IBUs and it's, that's international bitterness units, by the way. Um, <clears throat> all of the ramblers listening, I know you know that, but um, so anyway, um, I'm, I'm doing this smoked coffee porter, not a ton of smoke, but it is there. It's not a, an Isla style of smoke. It's a very faint smoke. Um, I'm assuming, and I, I, I shouldn't speak for the brewery, but I'm assuming what they probably tried to do was smoke the malt. Um, um, uh, Ramon, are you familiar with this with this particular one? I know you, I'm pretty sure you have it as well. Yeah, you know what? I actually haven't tried this one quite yet. I'm going to uh, go ahead and crack it open right now. I love this brewery, by the way. Yeah. These guys are great. While he's doing that, I just want to interject. Beers have such fun names. They're so witty and clever, and the artwork on them is just crazy cool. Really weird sometimes, but super cool. But come on, bean me up. <laughs> I love a terrible pun. It, it, it is. It is kind of funny when you look at craft beer. the The labels are crazy. It's like a uh, Andy Warhol gallery gone ballistic when you look at that wall of, of beer. You look Absolutely. at spirits, everyone's trying to be so serious. And of course, wine, it's like, don't even get me started on, on the pretentiousness of, of wineries <laughs> and wines. But again, Somali background, love wine. <laughs> Simmer your shit down, people. <laughs> <clears throat> so, um, so in this smoked porter, I'm getting a tiny bit of smoke. I'm getting a little bit of chocolate, kind of a more subdued, not a, quite a dark chocolate, but like almost a caramely, you know, caramel chocolate mix kind of like a Kit Kat crunch. I, I really, I really enjoy this. It's soft. It's going to make a hell of a soup later. So Ramon, what do, what do you think of this one? You know, Justin, I'm going to probably disagree with you a bit. I am, this smells like a campfire. This is so smoky. I like, I'm, my smoke detector is going to go off. I think they did a really good job in terms of their description because yeah, that, that tastes like a smoked coffee porter. I'm also getting some um, like herbaceous, almost like tomato notes from it. And I, I'm, it's my speculation. I could be completely wrong. It says it's brewed with uh, timeless coffee. I'm not sure if that's like, you know, trying to be clever if that's a, you know, coffee company. But it sounds like, or rather it tastes like the coffee used had to have been in part of Sumatra or an Indonesian coffee. Very big body, dank. 
um, vegetal like uh, characteristics. And I, that's, that's kind of what I'm getting off. Like it's really like sitting on the, like <laughs> the roof of my palate. It just, you know, wow. It's almost like a spinach or a tomato kind of fusion here. Listen to this fucking guy talking about dank and bonus points for the, the dank. Yeah, <laughs> knowing the origin of the coffee. No, it's that just speculation. Is, I, I don't know, but well, we're gonna find like out. The original pattern <laughs> is not far from us. We will we're find try that shit out. Coffee. Yeah. yeah, we will find that out right away. Um, stay tuned for part two. Was he right? Dun dun dun. Oh, wow. Um, Mark, do you have another uh, brew that you want to talk about? Sure, I do. Uh, I have Black House Modern Times employee-owned beer. It is coffee stout. Uh, this is going to be interesting. So uh, forgive me as I open this here. Nice. Oh, that's beautiful, son. <laughs> oh, yes. I'm going to pour a little bit here in my glass. Wait, um, why are you pouring beer into a glass instead of just drinking it from the can? Because I'm not a savage for crying yeah, out it's, loud. It's better for the nosing and all that shit. I was asking for the audience. Oh, oh okay. Also, that was a massive head on that, Mark. Like, did you not well, pour it down the side first? Dude, come on. Don't man. you know that you're supposed to pour it like this because it releases all of the the goodness in the beer when you do this while we wait oh, 16 minutes for mark's beer to become a beer again well right you know, you know what I think, I think mark's actually onto something I, I mean i don't know if you you know quite that much foam is required but i did see something interesting recently that um he, he justin this is a true beer expert but he uh said that a lot of times when folks are out having a few drinks and you know enjoying you know fries and burgers and you know all the good stuff that you want after a few beers that we tend to get really bloated and it's because we're too focused on pouring the entire beer down the side of the glass with no type of release of carbonation so meanwhile that carbonation is expanding in our stomachs as we're chowing down chili fries so it is good to leave out you know probably a few inches of foam when you're pouring out a beer to a glass Sure. Ramon, which Ramon, Ramon, I I love you. I I just 100%. barely met you. I just want you to know that you're you're like my best friend. Um, I could see you easily replacing Julia and Justin both. <laughs> it could be you and I, Mark and Ramon, Swig and Ramble. This is great. I love this. Um, on its nose, traitor. Wow, that was very very out of left field, Julia. I know you never saw that one coming. <laughs> I'm just, I'm disappointed your F-bomb count this episode is very low. I've already said fuck off Mark three or four times. You would <laughs> normally be up to nine or ten. Uh, uh, she's on her, she's on her guest behavior. Well, yes, see, um, that's exactly it. Fair enough, she's acting <laughs> remember, like Remember how our parents all had that room with furniture that we couldn't sit in until it was yes. guests? That was the, that's, this is the room. I mean, or did anyone else's family have the table of shame where you got sent to if you did or said something that was out of place? Julia, I think that's maybe a conversation best with your therapist. Also, not, that's you know, my whole life. Level. What are you talking about? Yes. Believe um, me, my therapist and I have talked about that often. Did I tell you about, I thought for the first five years of my life that my name was shut the fuck up? <laughs> oh well, and, and now you'll start to think it's fuck off, Mark. Mm. Oh, Join us next that. week when we have Julia's therapist <laughs> and um, probably Ramon back to talk about more coffee. <laughs> I, I, I got to be honest. I mean, there's nothing wrong with this beer, but after having 
the Guinness nitro cold brew and the like flavor bomb of chocolatey maltedness. This has got a great color. It's got a great head on it. It doesn't have the cascade. It doesn't have the, the creaminess of the nitrogen. It's mm. kind of pedestrian. I'm not, I'm not, I'm not getting, I mean, I'm getting a little bit of the, the roasted malt here. I'm not getting a, I'm not getting a massive coffee note on the nose. Um, I'm going to do a Julia here. Ooh. What do I really slurp from the glass? I slurp in my mouth, but not from the glass. God, get it right. This tastes like a... Beer? This tastes like a stout that's kind <laughs> of got like a hint of coffee. I, you know, I'm, I'm, not, I'm not ragging on it. I think it's, it's great beer. I'm not upset with it, but... In comparison to the two experience, I'm actually really surprised that I'm going, hey, I think I want another one of these Guinness because the Guinness is just this flavor bomb that comes across. Cool. Interesting. Speaking of chili fries, I for this smoked porter, I really want a blue cheese burger and polenta fries. That's really what I want at this moment. Ooh. Yeah. Like that a little too. bit of shaved Parmesan on top of those polenta fries. A little bit of bacon on that blue cheeseburger, barbecue sauce, and I'm, I'm set. Damn, kids, that sounds like not a disappointing recipe. <laughs> not not down with the blue cheese, sorry. The yeah, the blue cheese is bleh. Well, I'm, I'm going to have to talk to you two offline. You, <laughs> you back your truck up and we'll load you up with all the blue cheese you want, and then you can get the fuck out of here with that. That's cause... okay, I'm like the only person in my that I know that actually likes blue cheese, so. It's not terrible, but it's not my favorite either. That's fair. I think it's turning out that uh, all the Swig and Ramble co-hosts are splintering off and creating their own <laughs> podcast. They're, they're each going our separate ways. It was great while it lasted. A whole seven episodes. Fun, fun seven episode run. No, 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 no. The official Swig and Ramble is Ramon and I. Let's just get that straight. <laughs> episode one. I'm changing all the passwords right now. <laughs> I'm not. I'm not worried, kids. He doesn't know how to. Yeah, I was just gonna say we had a lengthy conversation, and I had to send a video tutorial for how to do some stuff. So shamefully, I, I can't disagree. Yes, that's true. <laughs> <laughs> Alrighty, so I have one more beer with me, and this is a collaboration between Crown and Hops Brewing Company. And they're in Los Angeles, and it is a collaboration with a, a former employer of mine, some great folks over there at Red Bay Coffee in Oakland, California. And this is Urban Queen Imperial Stout. Let's take a sip here. Interesting. Ramon, if you're going to be my partner on the show, you gotta, you have to audibly drink. The slurp. <laughs> yeah, Ju- almost yes, like, Ju- a, like a tasting. Yes, Julia's trademark. Uh, Oh, yes. Look at that. He's <laughs> Sorry, a professional. Julia. There you go. <laughs> so the, I actually really enjoy this. This is good. This is very different from the Guinness and the original pattern. And I have a little bit of inside information here. So, you know, I'm going to be biased. This is not a flex. I just kind of have um, some knowledge with the coffee used uh, in this particular uh, stout. And it is a King's Prize, which is Red Bay's name for their Ethiopian um, single origin uh, medium roast. And it is a really acidic and delicious coffee, um, tasty notes of light melon, um, some blueberry, um, things of that nature, maybe even a little bit of honeysuckle. 
And I think that actually complements the stout really well. I mean, you have the chocolatey, the full-bodiedness of the Imperial Stout, around 10, 11%. So, you know, it has a kick to it, but it's complemented really well with like an acidic, um, fruity, floral coffee. And it's, it's a nice blend. And, you know, Mark, you asked a question earlier about, you know, uh, coffee that's um, brewed into beer as opposed to like coffee and beer being infused together. And I think that the Guinness did a really nice job of infusing the two beverages. And sounds like maybe the modern times um, didn't do such a great job. But I think this Red Bay and Urban Queen also did a good job because you can taste the coffee elements as well as the beer elements, but also as their own beverage together. I think the modern times is, it's just, maybe it's a little more subtle. I don't know. And, and it's definitely there, but it's not kind of punch you in the mouth, uh, kind of jumping out at you. And I think to me, that's when I drink stuff, at least when I think of big flavors, like a porter or a stout, and I think of coffee, I kind of want to get punched in the mouth with it. You know, I, you know, that's, I like whiskey. If, you all, you all heard it. Yes. I mean, <laughs> Yeah, Mark, are you offering that to get punched in the mouth? Are we raffling this off? Because yeah, <laughs> I feel like just that saying could, we could make that happen. Depends on how much money it is, and depends on how much my cut is. <laughs> Seems to be an awful lot of Julie is in the pot of the raffle. <laughs> <laughs> you know me so well already, remote. Right? <laughs> if, any, if anything ever happens to me, my uh, private messages with Julia will be released to the public. Just <laughs> want you, you to know that. <laughs> that's fair wow way to make it weird julia hey you usually are the one to make it weird okay i'm in a weird mood tonight so i'm making it weird tonight deal with it derwood <laughs> what the fuck was that <laughs> has no one ever seen bewitched oh and on that note do well, that went off the rails real quickly, so I'm going to wrap this shit up, kids. Thanks to Ramon, of course, first and foremost, for joining us and talking all awesome shit about coffee and beer. For someone who doesn't like coffee or beer, he made it sound really good, so maybe next time it's presented to me, I will have a go. But that is it for this episode, kids. Thanks for tuning in. Thanks to all the Ramblers and our Facebook community. If you're not part of it, please join us on Facebook. Follow us at Swig and Ramble on Instagram and Twitter. And you can also follow all of us individually. I'm Julia Men at The Wee Tipple. Justin Corey is at BevFluence. And Mark Pruitt is at Resonant.prose. I'd just like to thank uh, Ramon for being so astute to recognize my question as being a really good question and no one else's. And uh, join us next time when we discuss those assholes who only want Pliny the Elder. <laughs> Thanks for joining us, and we'll see you next time. Follow us at Swig and Ramble on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter for more fermented fuckery. Cheers!